Good morning and welcome to Barn Management Radio. My name is Sherry Grunska and I am so glad you are listening to my podcast today. Today's topic is about the challenges that come with outdoor board. And um, I live in the Midwest and in Wisconsin, the state of Wisconsin, and it's often referred to as rough board here in this state. And it really is rough when you think of the the weather we have, the frigid cold, um, blizzards, ice. And uh, so often you'll hear people call it rough board, where if you live out in a, in a state that has a little bit more mild temperatures, it's really not as rough on the horses. But it still can be very challenging and hard, and there's a lot to think about when you're setting up your stable, and you're going to offer rough board or outdoor board. I think this is a really great subject to talk about because so many people that want to board horses, um, either small scale with just a couple horses or a large boarding facility, they will often include outdoor board as one of the options that clients can have for their horse. And um, like me, I think many people think it's going to be easier than what they end up finding out. I had a real wake-up call when we decided to board um, quite a few horses on outdoor board when we first opened, gosh, over 15 years ago. Um, We had created our paddocks, we put up shelters, and we decided that in each paddock there was only going to be three horses in each grouping. And um, that even turned out to be challenging. Um, And we're going to talk about that today and some of the things people don't think about when they're doing outdoor board. I feel so blessed uh, that I get to travel to so many stables now all over and see how they're operating. And when I look at their outdoor board, a lot of times they'll have up to 10 horses in a group with one shelter and they are having trouble and they, they can't see out from what the problem is because they're in the middle of it, trying to figure out how do we fix this situation. And so we're going to talk about some of those challenges that come with outdoor board because the horses aren't going into individual stalls at night. They are, they're outside 24 seven and uh, no matter what the weather is, and there usually is a shelter, but there, there are other um, complications to it that people don't think about. So we're going to have fun. We're going to talk about that today and um, see if I can help you with some of the problems that you might be having or that you're thinking about as you're setting up your, your boarding stable. So now if you live in an area that is extremely cold with snow, blizzards, ice, then you have a whole unique set of challenges that maybe you don't have when it's really hot out. But if you live in a very um, humid and hot area and you have horses on outside board 24-7, they also have their own challenges that are unique to their state and their climate. A lot of it will have to do with feeding, with herd management, um, caring for the animals. And so we're going to dive right into it. Planning for your outdoor boarding is something that I, when I talk to people, I try to get them to look at every scenario possible so that once they're open, they're not doing a lot of changes. Um, When we first built our facility, I didn't know where to go and I didn't have anyone to talk to about all the problems I was having, and we made so many changes the first couple years, and it ended up hurting our business. It ended up costing us clients because they were unhappy with what we were changing. 
it was stressful. The herds were stressed because we were constantly changing. We had horses coming and going. There were so many things that I was not prepared for. And so we're going to break this down a little bit, talk about some of these things, and hopefully it will help you as you're designing your paddocks or if you're already set up, um, how to change some of that. And I think one of the biggest things I want you to think about when you're setting up your herds for outdoor board is how many horses are you going to have in a herd? Now, depending on how much land you have, and if you're going to have pastures attached, I often will see people have huge number of horses in a herd, you know, like I said, five to 10 horses, that's a lot when you have to think about feeding them and giving them grain and supplements and how big a number of horses are you going to have compared to the shelter you have. One of the reasons that clients get upset at a boarding stable is because, you know, they drive up to the barn and they go to see their horse and maybe the weather's not good and their horse can't get in the shelter. Maybe their horse is soaked Maybe their horse is scared to go near the shelter because other horses are more dominant. And it it causes for a stressed out animal. It causes for a very stressed out horse. Um, you know, some horses are really hardy. They can stand out in the rain. It doesn't bother them. But if you've got very extreme temperatures, it's hard on every animal, no matter, no matter what the degrees is. Like three years ago, we had... I think it was the coldest temp I'd ever experienced. And I think it was down to, it was like minus 55, <laughs> I think with the wind chill. It was bad. We ended up pulling every horse in and putting them all in the barns because it was so cold. For one thing, I didn't want them to be stressed over it. The other part was I didn't want to have to go out and take care of horses in that kind of weather. So you need to think about the number of horses you're going to have in a herd. And can they get into the shelter? I am such a huge um, advocate of having smaller paddocks and less horses in each herd. Um, a lot of barns will set up these mega paddocks or pastures and then just put all the geldings in one herd and all the mares in another, and that's just the way it works out. And the reality is they're not all going to go in the shelter. You're going to have more chances of a horse getting hurt because they're fighting. Um, there's stress. It's just, and then if, if the weather's bad, are you going to feed in the shelter? And how are they all going to get food? So because we only have two to three horses in a herd per paddock with a shelter, we're able to feed those horses in the run-in when the weather's bad and it works out great. But you have to put up more fencing to do that. I tell people do the work ahead of time. It'll save you a headache and heartache in the long run and stress, especially if you have to go back and do refencing because you realize that it's just not working the way it is. Make your paddocks a little smaller, have just a few less horses in each one, make sure they can all get into the shelter. And I'm telling you right there, you are going to have a much easier, much easier setup, um, less stress. You're going to have happier clients and in the long run, you're going to have less turnover. When you have less turnover, then you have less stress in the herds. It all is connected. Every piece of it is connected. And if you want your job to be easy, then I'm, I want you to really listen to this. And, and these are proven, these are proven um, procedures that we've done here. And I've gotten other barns to do, and they really do make a difference. You know, one of the questions that people will ask me on Outdoor Board is, 
uh, do you offer grain once or twice a day? You know, for our stalled horses that are in our big barn, we do grain and supplements twice a day. We have chosen for outdoor horses to only grain in the morning. And the reason we don't offer grain and supplements in the evening, it's our personal preference. Barns do it all differently, but we don't offer grain and supplements in the evening because it is very time consuming. If you have to go out to a herd and you have five buckets of grain and supplements, how are you going to feed all those horses? And what about the horse that's dominant? But he's also an extremely easy keeper and he only gets a half a pound of grain. And then you've got the the old horse who is a very slow eater and he gets three pounds of grain, you're going to have problems. And are you going to stand out there for 25 to 30 minutes while they eat their grain? And what if it's raining? What if it's snowing? What if it's really cold or really hot? There's a lot to think about. And unless you have a place to pull those horses in so they can eat their grain and take their time, you're going to you're going to be stressed. You're going to get to the point where you don't like doing it. And uh, so I want you to really think about that option when you're um, going to open a boarding stable. Does it hurt your business not to offer grain and supplements twice a day? I'll be honest with you, I have not seen it hurt my business at all in 15 years. I have not had someone come here and say they won't come here because I don't offer evening grain or supplements. Usually what they do is if they can't come out and they want their horse to have evening grain, then they'll have someone else do it for them or they'll hire a high school kid to come over and give their horse grain. But I have never um, had it come to the point where they would say, I can't board there because you don't do evening grain or supplements. I'm not saying that you need to do it that way. I'm just saying, think of your options and think about what you're offering. And remember above all that the reality is you're running a business and time is money. And if you're going to offer that, it should be reflected in your cost because it's going to take time to feed horses on outdoor board when they're in herds, grain and supplements, if you're going to do it twice a day. Um, The other option is, do you have a place to pull that horse out to feed them their grain if they're going to do evening grain? So for example, at our stable, we have a little barn that uh, we had a senior horse and he was 29 years old and he ate very slow. And every morning we'd go get him first and bring him in. And he would eat his three pounds of senior grain every morning um, while we were doing all the chores, feeding the other horses, getting hay out there. And then by the time we were all done that, he was done and then he could go out and eat hay. It worked out really great. If you don't have that option, then you're going to really want to think about how you're going to do this because the dominant horses will chase off the less dominant horses you're offering different amenities to your clients, you want to be able to follow through and say, yes, I can do that. And if you are offering grain to them and their horse isn't getting it, then that is going to hurt your business. And it's really, to me, it's just not an honest way to run a business. You want to make sure that if you can, if you're going to offer grain, that the horse that is supposed to get the three or four pounds of grain can get it and can eat all of it in peace. So it's just something to think about. And it's a really big one because that is the thing that usually people will call me about that they're the most stressed about is how to feed the grain. Another part of outdoor board is the hay. And the hay is really important because when the horses are living outside 24-7 together, they have to get along and you want to make sure that all of them are eating. And you're going to have horses that, again, are 
easy keepers. And then you're going to have the horse that is not an easy keeper. He's a slow eater. He doesn't keep his weight on very well. And he's timid. So how are you going to feed the hay? Are you going to feed individual piles and make sure there's plenty of it? Are you going to feed a round bale where they have to all go around the round bale to eat? And there's pros and cons, but the one thing about round bales that I want to talk about is a lot of people will do them because they're easy and they can just set the round bale out there and um, let the horses eat. But the timid horse won't go up by the round bale as quickly if he knows he's going to be chased off. And if you're offering again, you know, the best care, then remember how that will create stress for that horse that can't get to the food, especially if he's hungry, especially if the temps are really cold. And then you've got a very assertive, dominant horse who, you know, is at the hay bale all the time. You know, I've driven by farms, I've seen horses laying down on the hay, (laughs) and no one can get to it. So just think about that when you're setting up your, um, your farm. You know, for us, my husband David and I, we've always just decided it was much easier to feed individual piles. It means that we're doing it twice a day, but it's very easy. And um, we can make sure that the horses are getting fresh hay, that it hasn't been out there for days, and we can keep a much better eye on how much they're eating. And it works really good. So it's just something for you to really think about. The other part of that scenario is what about uh, the horse with specific health issues? For outdoor boarded horses, if they're younger, they're healthy, they're strong, maybe they are um, a horse that, you know, has a little draft in them, they can handle the harsh temperatures, they handle cold weather just great, no problem at all, perfect. You know, they're mild-mannered. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we all had horses like that? But the truth is, that's just not the case. (laughs) You're going to get all kinds of horses and they're going to have all different personalities. And a lot of them are going to have little health issues. And how does that look for outdoor board? You know, some horses are thin skinned, like your thoroughbred, and they just, they struggle when it's extremely cold out. So you want to think about that and what that's going to look like. What about the horse that is injured or sick and is lame? Are you going to have a place to put that horse while they mend? When you're setting up your outdoor boarded areas, you want to make sure you have some kind of stall situation or an individual shelter where if you have a horse that's not feeling well or is injured, you can separate them and they can mend and heal and get better without the stress of other horses. You you really need to make that, you should make that a priority. And um, the other part of this is if you are going to do outdoor board, you might have someone that comes with a very senior horse that is in his 20s, Uh, We have a mare right now, one of our horses. She's in her 30s, and she's definitely finally slowing down. She's still the top horse in her herd, but she's, she's definitely slowing down. Well, for those senior horses, sometimes they just don't do good with real young horses. You want to make sure that if you're going to do outdoor board, you can, you can put horses together that will... Um, do well together, live well together with a real minimal amount of stress. Sometimes it's just not a good fit. So 
let's say someone comes to your barn and you're going to give a tour and you're going to show them what you offer for outdoor board and it's in summertime and the weather is beautiful. It happens to be one of those perfect weather days where it's like 75. Everything is green. The paddocks are dry. It looks like the ideal situation and they think your farm is gorgeous and they sign on. They sign the contract, they come and then fall comes and all of a sudden you get a ton of rain. It gets really cold. It gets muddy. You need to be unbelievably clear on what is included with outdoor board because a lot of times people don't realize that the horses, you can tell them, but they, it doesn't always register that the horse is going to be living outside 24 hours a day. And the other part of it that is equally important as you as the barn owner or the barn manager need to be the first one to realize that the horse is not a good fit. Not all horses do good on outdoor board and some really struggle, especially in cold, extremely cold weather places. And they start to lose weight. Sometimes extremely old horses don't do well. They need to come in and get a reprieve from the weather. So it works both ways. You need to be very clear. And you also, as a uh, barn manager, caring for the horses, you really want to make sure that the horses that are on outdoor board can handle it very well and they're thriving. Your idea of bad weather and what your client's idea of bad weather could be completely different, uh, like on opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> so for example, in the fall, when the weather starts to get real cold, you know, it's a shock to everybody, including humans, you know, all of a sudden it feels really cold. Well, by January, 40 degrees is going to feel warm, even though in October, 40 degrees is freezing. You have to get acclimated to it. You will get to a point where you could have a client ask you if they can bring their horse in because they feel that the weather is bad. And this is where you as a barn manager or barn owner have to really be clear on what you offer. And the problem is, if you don't stick to how you do things, then you will constantly have people asking. And it's kind of like pushing the envelope. They keep asking when the weather is this, we have a bad storm coming in, can the horses come in? When they're paying for outdoor board, they're paying a certain price for that. When the horses come in, it becomes more work for you as far as making sure the horse has water, they're in the stall. Are you going to supply bedding for those horses? Who's going to clean the stalls? Are you going to have them do it? So think those scenarios all out because it's very important to understand that as the weather changes, especially in the winter and spring, you want to have a very clear description of what is offered in outdoor board so that they don't become upset or frustrated and there's no surprises. The other part of that is when you're doing outdoor board, you're going to still have horses that are blanketed, uh, especially if you live in the colder states. And blanketing is, well, in Wisconsin, you see it a lot. And there's nothing wrong with it as long as you have clear expectations on blanketing. The truth of the matter is if you have a new horse owner, they're not going to be sure what type of blanket should be on the horse. They are probably going to buy blankets that are ill-fitting 
or maybe too heavy for the temps or not warm enough for the temps, depending on the horse. They may not understand um, their horse doesn't need a blanket. They may feel that their horse needs too many blankets. You're going to be dealing with a lot of that if you live um, where the temps dive. So I want you to really think out the blanketing and how you're going to do that with outdoor board. And once you know what you can offer, and if you're going to charge for switching a blanket, or if it's going to be included in the board, you need to make that very clear to your clients. The other big thing I would say with outdoor board is it's very important that you lay down the rules and guidelines for what blankets work. Make sure they understand that there's a difference between a winter blanket and a turnout blanket, and that the blanket needs to be waterproof. A lot of people don't do that, and they buy um, when they're new. I should say a lot of people don't do that at first when they're new horse owners because they don't know, and they'll go through a catalog, and they'll buy a blanket because of the print on it, the design, and often if they don't ask for help, they'll end up bringing to the barn a blanket that is um, really not meant (laughs) for wet weather. So you're going to want to make sure that you um, explain all these things ahead of time for them so that you have less, less problems. The one thing that's important is you're going to see the horse much more often than the owner of the horse will see. They may come out every day And they may even be out there for a few hours, but you're going to be the first one to see the horse early in the morning. You'll see the horses throughout the day, and then you'll be probably the last one to see the horses at night. And when the weather is very unforgiving and harsh, you're going to be the one to decide if the horse is getting stressed or if the horse is doing fine. And you'll be watching their habits. You're going to get to know them just like your kids. You're going to know their eating habits, their pooping habits, and how they sleep. And um, if I could say anything, that's what sets a boarding stable apart and really ups the care and uh, people talk. And that's what, how you get a good reputation is, you know, you're going to work out all these little, these little issues and really hone in on what you want to offer for outdoor board. And at the end of the day, the care is what's going to be the most important. Are the horses thriving? Are they doing good out there no matter what the weather is? Are you, do you feel comfortable telling a client when the horse is struggling and that maybe that horse needs to be in a stall at night and arrange for a different situation? Those kind of things. You know, one thing too I want to talk about is when you are designing your paddocks for your horses, you need to be really aware of the fact that if you have a large group of horses in a herd, a lot of your clients are not going to be very um, comfortable if they're newer horse owners in going out to get their horse amongst nine or 10 horses, especially if they're all gathering around and their horse happens to be the low horse on the, on the, in the herd. So I've really always been a huge supporter of smaller herds. It's nice for the client because then they're only going in and getting their horse with a few other horses there. It's a win-win for the horses. I think it's less stress on the horses. And then it's um, less stress on the client who is still learning about horses and their behavior. And uh, I think for outdoor board, those are some of the things that really um, help the situation. You know, Outdoor board is something that most people, most barn owners, and I was one that thought, oh, we're going to make all this money. It's going to be easy peasy with horses outside because I was looking at 
the cleaning the stalls and having to walk horses out in and out every day. And I realized that there's equally a lot of work with outdoor board. We've downsized over the years and we don't have as many outdoor boarded horses as we used to. But a lot of people, that's all they do and they love it. And if you're going to do it, I just want you to think about some of these scenarios. If I could give any advice, I guess it would be just to really think about the clients and what they're going to be doing when they come to your stable and the horses, the type of horses, and the weather. The weather is so important to where you live because if you live where it snows, you're going to be dealing with ice and frigid temps, and it really, it can be rough. It's It can be hard. <laughs> Sometimes I think it ages me. It has aged me probably because being out there in the cold in the winter is hard year after year. So think about those things. And um, the last part of this that I want to talk about real quick is often outdoor board is hard for people to think of what they want to charge for a board rate because they feel that the boarder isn't going to pay a higher rate because they're going to look at it like there's not a lot of work involved. Well, let me tell you, there is a lot of work involved and it's through all types of weather So when you're setting up your board rate, remember that there's a lot of things involved. You may not be cleaning stalls daily, but there's other things involved in that. And you may not be walking horses in and out every day, but there's still a lot of care that goes in for those horses. And your clients aren't going to understand that. So you need to maybe talk to them and, and educate them a little on what has to be done and what goes into creating a good herd where the horses get along with very minimal issues. And that is all part of what they're paying you for. They're paying you so that their horse is safe and happy and thriving and doing well. And, you know, that that should have a price tag on it. That is so valuable. Don't undermine what you do at all. Don't devalue what you do. What you do is so important for the care of the horses day in and day out. And so it's okay to set a higher price because you know what? That horse is valuable. He's important. Their care is important. And just because you're not cleaning stalls, there's still a lot that goes into it. So anyways, I want to thank you for listening today. Um, If I can plug in my book, A Step-by-Step Guide to Starting and Running a Successful Horse Boarding Business. Please check it out on Amazon or on my website. This book is the most in-depth book on boarding horses. And we talk about everything from insurance, uh, trainers at your barn, other professionals coming into your place, chores, setup, uh, size versus cost, revenue, you know, can you make money? How do you make money at boarding horses? You know, it's a great life, but I want you to set it up right so that it's a better life because it it can be tough at times and I don't want you to burn out. And um, that's what happens to a lot of people. So please check it out. A step-by-step guide to starting and running a successful horse boarding business. Uh, you won't regret it. It's a great book. And uh, I want to wish you the very best and God bless you. Thank you.